Okay. I was going to crack a joke, but okay. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> See? <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and we talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. Dave, I got a good topic for for the hopper I want to pull out. I just yeah. I just put my hand in the hopper, pulled out a good one. <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh it is a uh, that's that's a that's appropriate here because the topic is the benefits of swearing. All right. The benefits of swearing. And I can think of four benefits of swearing. Now, we've done a podcast in the past about yeah. swearing and the kind of the morality of swearing and we looked and at the bible yeah. and ethics and morale you know that kind of thing and and uh there's a there's a lot to that um go back and take a look at that i think it's episode number two it's very early on that yeah. we talked about swearing right um i don't want to talk about those things as much uh-huh. not because they're not important we talked about those first right but there actually are some benefits to swearing if you're telling me right now yeah. That there are good reasons yeah. for me to start using profanity. Yeah. I want to hear them. What do you mean, start? I've heard so much <laughs> profanity out of your mouth. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, okay. It's just when I walk in a room and smell you, and I'm like, come on. I know. Well, I, I bring out the worst in you. Oh, you do. I bring out the worst in a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Benefits of swearing. Four benefits. Number one, uh, pain relief. I don't, know yes. you, I don't know if you know this. About 15 years ago, researchers yeah. noticed that uh, people use profanity when they're in pain. If you, you know, uh, you, you stub your toe and, uh-huh. and you swear, right? And so, that, so 15 years ago, they designed an experiment to see is that an actual connection? Um, and it's become a pretty famous study now. They asked the original study. They asked 92 study participants to hold their hands in an ice water bath. Yep. And the researchers asked the participants to rate their pain level over time and to last as long as they possibly could with their hand in the ice bath. Each participant did it multiple times, and they uh, sometimes were allowed to repeat one word over and over and over again. Okay. And overwhelmingly, when the participants used the F word. Finger? Yeah, that's it. No, not that one. Oh. <laughs> I, well, with benefits of swearing, I'm not in pain right now, so yeah. I, maybe I shouldn't I shouldn't swear. But um, when they used the F word, they rated their pain as lower, and they could keep their hands in the ice water longer. Overwhelmingly, very clear evidence. Uh huh. Now that study has been repeated several times with similar results, not just with uh-huh. ice water, but with various. Now were they hollering the word or just speaking the word? No, they they were allowed to say it however they wanted to say uh-huh. it. And so I actually I don't I mean. How do you measure scientifically if someone is hollering versus yelling versus sure, whatever? Sure, but, but I mean, they could say it however they wanted to, and so yeah, okay. presumably people would be yelling. Yeah. Um, another, another. Uh, they did different kinds of things. So they had people get on stationary bikes. This was another study, and uh, if people use the F word, they can uh, go longer and faster against greater resistance. Like, as they're biking. Like France. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, the, not not. Well, you mean the, the yeah? I, they're biking in France, right? So they could be biking. They're using in France. that F word. They're using, but they're using the F word. Yeah, the, France has a big biking event, you know. So <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, so so lot, see what I did there, right? I I yeah, do I'm see sorry. what you did there. <laughs> you really want a lot of validation here, huh? I guess. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to say it. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, if it's going to keep you from punching me, so I'll yeah. say it then. Uh, maybe I <laughs> yeah, should. Yeah, you say, say it. you're not in pain. You're not sitting in my seat, <laughs> looking at what I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah, but it can't be too bad. Maybe I need to say it. You haven't used any profanity yet. <laughs> that well, would ease your pain. We'll bleep it out. Okay. Um, anyway, people who use profanity can increase their power when they squeeze a hand vice. Okay. Squeeze a hand vice, and if you use profanity as you're squeezing it, you can squeeze harder. Versus just yelling. Versus yelling some other word. Interesting. Yeah. So yelling I, might, prof- I might have to duplicate this experiment. I'm not sure I'm buying that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Later studies show that the effect of the word was greater when the person rarely used profanity in their daily life. Right. Right. So scientists, right. they're still working on it. But yeah, apparently, that makes sense. Yeah. Swearing can... So we're still not sure exactly how this works. Uh-huh. Scientists aren't. But um, they th- scientists think that swearing produces a stress response that releases adrenaline, which can increase heart rate, breathing. It, it preps, you know, adrenaline is great uh-huh. for, you know, uh, prepping your muscles for fight or flight. Um, and so what happens then is that your body diverts its attention away from pain when you're in, when, uh-huh. when you're in that fight or flight I mode. Have, I was thinking just before you said that of a yeah. different reason okay uh, of course i don't know yeah right? sure but um what i was thinking was that if you are not in the habit of using profanity yeah uh, like i don't use caffeine but in the morning okay and when i use caffeine in the morning it really helps yeah but if, if you use it all day it where it doesn't have it the same right. effect right? correct i think it's similar and if you're not using profanity and then you do yeah and it's it's known to be taboo, at least to you in your brain. It's yes. taboo. Yes. Right. Yeah. And you do it anyway, and there's probably some dopamine release or some sort of like I've broken the rules release. Right. So right. It, I don't know if it's dopamine, but but what I read is that it's likely to be adrenaline, the same basic thing that you're talking about, mm-hmm. adrenaline rather than dopamine. I, so so adrenaline is like the fight or flight response. Right. 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 Yeah. I think it's more of a reward sort of response. Oh, I is what see. I'm saying. I see. Yeah. Oh, that could be. Yeah, like it could I, be. I've I've done something wrong, and there's stolen. And that feels good. The stolen fruit is sweet, right? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, like I'm not supposed to say this word, but I said it, and there's some there's some yeah. chemical release that makes me feel better. There, there's definitely yeah. some chemical release from it um, that that mitigates pain and uh-huh. that helps with pain relief. Uh, I guess we're not sure exactly what this, it is yet. This is where scientists could benefit from theologians, right? Because we, we know about <laughs> sin and yes. stealing, you know, stolen fruit, that kind of sure, thing. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I don't know if I'm right, but I, they need to put that in their hopper. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's I still, like that theory. They just started going down this road about 15 years ago, and so the science is still fairly new and they're still working mm-hmm. on it. But it is an interesting... Um, uh, effect that happens in the brain yeah. that they're still studying. I'm sure now they've done brain scans and I'm sure I'm sure they're working all on all that stuff. Yeah, yep. yep. Okay, so the first benefit is pain relief. The second benefit is pain relief. Yeah, um, it seems to be uh, when someone swears, it seems to be at uh, to some degree a, a uh, sign of honesty. 
that okay. the person is, in general, a more honest person. Researchers have found that people who do not use profanity at all are less honest in their daily lives than those who do use profanity. Um, hmm. However, those who use a lot of profanity are not any more honest than those who use it sparingly. Now, we're not sure exactly what the theory is here, um, but the the well, we, we don't know for sure, but the theory behind it is that profanity uh, can be an honest emotional response. Right. And for, so maybe those who, are, who don't ever, ever, ever use profanity, uh, it may be that they're more likely to be dishonest uh, about the influence of difficult emotions on their attitude and thoughts and behaviors. Um, a, lot of, a lot more research needs to be done on that. Mm. But there does seem to be a pretty strong connection between people who use profanity, even if a little bit, and honesty. I can see that, and yep. I th- when I think about it, it makes sense to me that if people are just using profanity all the time, yep. and it doesn't have any indication of any sort of emotion or sure. passion or anything else, it's yeah. just part of their vernacular, right. then it's not helpful. And if someone never uses it, right. for whatever reason, yep. religious, what have you, yep. um, it, again, but if you, if you like you and I, yep. we don't just... Speak profanity no, all no, day, no. Um, but we're not afraid to use it when it seems appropriate, right. right? Right, and and I think when it's appropriate is when something has riled you or um, harmed you, or you you feel passionate or intense, and of course you're going to speak more honestly. Yep, and so that just makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know when we looked at profanity in the Bible, we do see profanity in the Bible, but it's very rare. Like if you if we were talking about something, yeah. and you looked at me and you said, uh, you know what? I don't give a damn. Uh-huh. I'd be like, oh. Yeah. Okay. He really, you know, he yeah. doesn't care about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't use that word all the time. No, I don't. So it has more influence, right? Right. It's weightier. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so pain relief, a sign of honesty. Uh, the third benefit of swearing is that it is an alternative to violence. So evolutionary biologists have suggested that we... Um, have learned profanity in order to let other people know when we are emotionally volatile. Okay. So, for example, if I'm extremely angry or afraid or in pain, I can use profanity instead of violence, and that's better for everybody. For example, if you think about other animals, sure. right? If my cat could use profanity, she might give me the middle finger or yell a bad word at me. I would know to stay clear of her. Well, when I'm going on the sidewalk, you know, yeah. let, let her alone for now, and she's yeah. going to be okay later. She would do that every day. She would do it every yeah. day, right? Yeah. Uh, but not all day. Not all day every day. Yeah. She is mad at me every day. But then other right. times she wants to come up and for she wants reason. me to pet her. For, maybe yeah. for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is reminding me of like chimpanzees screaming yeah. at each other. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. That's kind of a... Pro- there, yeah. There's probably, a, I don't know chimpanzee language that well, but I would imagine that they have a kind of language that's like, okay, stay away from me, mm-hmm. and a different kind of screaming that's like, hey, you over there, come on, let's play. Yeah. Right? And I don't know chimpanzee language. But Let me hear your best chimpanzee scream. <laughs> uh, boy, I haven't yeah. done this in a long time. Let's hear it. Uh, or a long time. Since you, I was a little kid, maybe. You might have to push maybe. the mic away so you don't... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, all right. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, let me hear yours. Yeah. Uh, well, that, okay. Um, oh, you can't you can't challenge me. And okay, then, okay, okay. I was going to crack a joke, but okay. Um, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> See, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> no, very nice, very nice. Okay, what's your joke? Uh, I don't know. I lost it. But oh, um, okay. My microphone uh, in my my headset, it, yeah. Like I think I like went over the maximum. Oh, the, maybe the compression. It like it started clicking. I don't know if it's gonna. Anyway, oh. yeah. <laughs> Does it sound okay now? Yeah, it sounds great. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just think that um, my chimpanzee holler is uh, greater than our recording device. <laughs> that maybe so. Um, okay. So, an alternative to violence, right? So, this yeah. is this is a way for me to communicate. Hey, look, I am. I'm feeling, angry. I'm, I'm angry, aggressive. I'm afraid. You I'm aggressive. Stay away. Um, or at least you need to know my emotional state yeah. as you approach me. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's a that can be a really really good thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, the last one is that swearing seems to be a sign of creativity. Okay. Yeah. People who have, um, this gets into kind of my work in, in um, healthcare, people who have a brain stroke on the right side of their brain, which is where uh, we typically have our creativity mm-hmm. and emotion, uh, when they have a stroke there, they tend to become less emotional, less creative, and they tend to stop using profanity, even if they used it a whole bunch before the stroke. Uh-huh. On the other hand, um, some people lose all ability to speak after a stroke or maybe through dementia or some other malady. Um, but it's often that people who, who lose all ability to speak still can use profanity. The middle finger and all. And, and even words. Uh-huh. So that the only words they can oh, they use. Can speak profanity. They can speak profanity with no language. problem, but no other language. I've had patients that sl- slowly lose their language um, because of the dementia in their brain. Uh-huh. And as they slowly lose their language, their use of profanity increases. I remember one family who was absolutely shocked at the way grandma was cursing like a sailor when she had never, ever in her life used profanity. Uh-huh. She was a Sunday school teacher, and now she was using the most offensive language you can imagine. And they were so upset. But it's actually pretty common. Yeah. That just seems to suggest that it's coming from a different area. It's totally it's a, coming from a different yeah. area of the brain. Fascinating. And it's the only words that she had left is the only way that she could express herself. Right, right. And so she was using it, but she wasn't trying to be profane. That was the only language she had left. Yeah. And that's actually pretty common. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. As different parts of the brain shut down. I've seen that a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you try to use some, you know, a bad word, to, if all you have are profane, profane words, right. right, to use, and you want to communicate with your loved ones, okay, that's what you got. And you got to make damn uh, and hell and whatever, you know, right. you being used. Anyway, uh, but it seems to be, seems to happen on the side of the brain that is most commonly used for creativity and emotion and that kind of thing where the yeah. the the rest of your language is on the other side. So there the uh the people researching this are then suggesting I mean because what you said is that people who use profanity are more creative. Yeah, I'm so I'm not sure that that's a direct uh, So link, maybe but, not. Um so people who uh how, how can I say someone who just incorporates it into their daily language and it's like it's not uh-huh. profane, I don't think that person is using it in a profane way. It's that limited use. Um, uh-huh. 
or another way to say it is when someone actually uses profanity as profanity, they're using a different part of their brain to do it right. than typical language. That comes from the creative side. Correct. Yeah. I just don't think that necessarily means they're more creative or like they'd be better artists or, but I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, at the very least, it's coming from that side of the brain. And right. so, and right. so someone is, someone who is, who occasionally uses that is using both sides of their brain and using yeah. the creative side very easily. Right. And there, there are some people, uh, man, this is, this is so stereotypical or like pigeonholing people, okay. but there, there are people who are more left brain who seem much more linear and yes. are much more rule keeping that I could yes, see. Yes, yes, yes. That could be some of the reason why they don't use a lot of profanity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, some, t- some people use profanity so much and I th- that uh, I think it's in part because their vocabulary is incredibly limited. They're actually not very smart. Um, and I think that, that it becomes a filler word when, mm-hmm. when they don't know what else to say. Um, and that's not good. Um, yeah. But I think that, you know, we, we go, back, go back to that previous episode that we had. There are times to use profanity. Yeah. Um, but it's very easily overdone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But there are benefits. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. I like science. Science is so interesting. It is. Yeah. So much to learn. We'll keep going. This is William with the Hopper Podcast. It seems like most of what I see on TV and social media is all hyper-polarized and hyper-polarizing. At the Hopper Podcast, we're trying to listen and learn. We're looking for truth wherever it is, even if it makes us look bad. And if that sounds good to you, join us. Tell others about the Hopper Podcast, and we'll all learn together. Hey, Willie. Yeah. Uh, you know that in history, we used to have virtues. Yeah, sure. Um, do you know what a, a virtue is? Uh, okay, so have not, not having looked at this recently, I'll say a virtue is uh, uh, a characteristic, uh, a, a um, personal characteristic of something that's good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what what kind of makes it different than other things that aren't virtues that are good characteristics okay. is that it has to be practiced. I see. Okay. It has to be like cultivated. It's not natural. Oh, I see. Yes. It's something that you have to learn. Yes. And and through the years you can you can get better and better and better at this. Okay. And there are four that were kind of considered the classic virtues. Okay. Uh-huh. And then there were others added later. Oh, and, I see. And like today we say patience is a virtue. Uh-huh. When we mean when we say that, of course, is that that patience has to be learned. Yes, you have to practice it. Oh yeah, it's not natural to be patient. Right, you have to work on it, and for good reason. Yeah, it serves you well, and it serves society well. Uh huh. And so I just want to go through some of the uh, just the four uh, classical virtues, and then okay. we can talk about it a little bit. Um, sure. One is prudence. Uh huh. And you know, prudence is like moral discernment and mm-hmm. practical wisdom. Yeah. Um, knowing what makes sense. Yes. Has, of course, it's built upon life experience yes. and applying knowledge to yes. different circumstances yes. over years and knowing the wisdom of other people yes. as you've aged. Um, so it's not something that a child has. Sure. Um, not possible. Yeah. Teenagers, certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and then another was fortitude. Okay. And fortitude is like mental toughness, mm-hmm. you know, the strength of your character, your fiber, your your ability to withstand um, trouble and and even persecution. 
Yeah, I think there's a new book out recent, well, recently, um, a lot more recently than the, the time period that you're thinking of, uh, called Grit. Um, hmm. Man, what is that lady's name? Um, that that sounds like exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's that stick to itiveness. Yeah, it's the passion and devotion to a particular project or a particular uh, goal mm-hmm. that is unique, and you just don't let up. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, and it, and also just in like conflict or the the stress of life or yes. society. Yes, yes, yes. Just, it's where, like the Bible says, Jesus set his face like flint yes. and accomplished his Father's yes, will. Yes, yes. Right? Uh, so yeah, prudence and fortitude, um, and practical wisdom and toughness, and then the the other two uh, in the in the classic setting are temperance. Okay, uh, that's a that's being self disciplined. Mm-hmm. That's living a life of self denial and self control. It's um, often mentioned in terms of alcohol or substances or uh, sex. You know that you would be sober. Mm-hmm. You'd be of sobriety. And the last one is humility. Um, humility is something that uh, a lot of people think they have early in life, but what they have really is insecurity or feelings of inadequacy, which right. is different Very than different. humility. Yes, yes, yes. Humility is a meekness that it comes from strength and practice and not from weakness. Yes. Um, and so the reason I, I wanted to bring those up is because uh, I didn't know about this book, Grit, but there are people who are writing books that are trying to do this. So that's Angela Duckworth who wrote the book, uh-huh. Grit. I just looked it up, and I've heard her speak a number of times about it. I haven't read the book, but I've heard her speak uh, a bunch about it. Uh-huh. The, the subtitle, she says, is uh, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. Okay. And when you put passion and perseverance together, that's what she's calling grit. And... Um, she is a researcher out of, I think, the University of Pennsylvania, and just a phenomenal. Uh, but I think that's. What, I think it sounds very similar to what you're talking about, fortitude. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so she she may be doing what I'm saying we need to be doing, which yeah. is sort of recapturing yes. this societal yes um, ambition that yes. all of us yes. collectively would be growing in virtue. Yes. That this is something that we want people to have. Yes. We expect them to be working on it. Yes. And yes. I think that's all but lost these days, except for some of these authors and you completely know, yes sermons that you well, might and hear. That's, okay, so she's talking about grit, and if we if we can if we can say the same thing as is the same thing as fortitude, or she's talking about some sort of virtue. Yeah, she's made a huge splash just by talking about something that we should all be just right. working on intuitively anyway. Right. That back in the day, they they would be that, was, that, that was would a, be her her book would be completely uh, uninteresting, you know, right. long be time ago. Yeah, back mm-hmm. then, yeah. yeah. People were purposely right. cultivating these as character traits, right. and, and when we say working on themselves, and we yes. say when someone today says they're working on themselves, I don't even know what that means. Mm-hmm. But typically, it means that that um, I, there, I've been a basket case, and I need I, I don't know something's got to change, or yeah. I, I, I've let some some area of my life run amok, and I'm trying to to pick up the pieces. Or, uh, I, I don't know, it, it means so many different things to different people, but uh, the idea that we would, as a society, uphold and respect these kinds of character traits, knowing uh-huh. that they're, you're not born with them, they have to, they have to be uh, put into you. You know, when, when I'm coaching kids and you're, you're conditioning them and everybody wants to quit, I remember as a young man, I remember throwing up. Yeah, um, yeah. Several times. 
you, there's, a, there's a lesson, a life lesson that was being taught to me that I can do more than I thought I could and that, that if I would toughen up, there would be benefit for being tougher, yeah. um, to having that, that mental fortitude. Um, we, we need this in our society yeah. badly. Yes. Um, and again, this was, this was society-wide. Mm-hmm. This was, a, again, a collective ambition that people would be working on prudence, fortitude, temperance, and humility. Yes. Um, so that's. I just wanted to. Don't think that's right. I'm trying to. Um, I, I'm looking on my phone here while we're talking, and I'm listening to you. But I'm. I, I was thinking it was a book by Alistair McGrath, but I'm not sure. I don't. I don't see it here. Talking about the virtues and, and uh-huh. the lost virtues. And I'm in, sure there are books out. Yeah, but, I haven't. I haven't read any. Books. But he gave a great analogy. Whoever it was, sorry. Uh, but he gave you. Going back to what you were saying at the very beginning about these virtues, and that is that it's something that you cultivate and that you have right. to learn over time. It has to be worked on. And and the example that he or or the what he says is that these virtues need to become. We're trying to make them to become second nature to us, mm-hmm. so that when adversity comes, when difficult times come, this is just how we respond. The problem is, it's not our first nature. Our first right. nature is just. Is sinful, is broken, it's reactionary. Is, yes, yeah. And so, uh, in order to become second nature, it takes practice. And one of the examples that he gave was um, uh, Captain Sullenberger was the was the airline captain that took off from New, one of the New York City, um, and an engine failed, and couldn't make it back, and landed in um, the the waterway there, mm-hmm. and no one died. And it was like nearly miraculous that it happened. And when they go back and look at the black box and what happened, he did it in a matter of moments. He had no time to lose in fractions of a second. Yeah. Things could have, you know, slightly off and right. everyone dies or they crash Just into all that Manhattan experience or something. being brought to bear at and that it's moment. All that experience yeah. where he has gone over the checklist and he's, he's practiced for this thousands upon thousands of times. Yeah. And he did exactly what his training had got had told him to do, and that's the tra- and so like that's the second nature. It's not it, what would be natural for someone in that position would be to panic, right, and to land the plane on, in Manhattan somewhere, right. right, and kill himself and everybody and all the people on the ground. But he his second nature had been developed by an enormous amount of practice, and it's interesting. I love that analogy because. He he flew that route, or I don't know if he did. Probably he did. Um, you know, a hundred times, a thousand times, and there was never any need to use the second nature that he had uh, developed right, for right. for emergency landings. But he did the develop one time that, that he needed it. But the one time he needed it, it was there. Yeah. And in the same way, so many of these virtues that you're talking, you know, or prudence, fortitude. Uh, temperance, humility, these are things that we cultivate over time, and we never know when we're going to need them. Of course we will. Yeah. Um, I, I guess an airline captain may go his or her entire career without right. ever we're gonna crash these landing. But often. We're, but we're yeah. often going to need these, but yep. maybe not every day. Right. That is some sort of crisis where it's going to be massive for me to use prudence or not prudence or whatever, but, there'll be, but we never know when it's going to come. Yeah. And we have to be constantly creating this second nature for ourselves. Yeah. Imagine that you went to court, you were called to court, yeah. um, and you have to give testimony. Yeah. Um, you're being, uh, you have a dispute, you're being accused of something. Yeah. And the judge is an arrogant ass. Yeah. And he's just so full of himself. Yeah. 
And then the person that you're you're uh, in dispute with yeah. is is uh, manipulating the circumstance yeah. by uh, you know brown nosing, okay. kissing up to the, yeah. and, and, yeah. and promoting that arrogance, and it's working, yeah. which is a lack of prudence, is a right. lack and of, humility. Yep, a lack of humility and a lack of of temperance in that way. Sure, right? sure, sure. Um, or maybe maybe he's a, it's an attractive person. That okay. you're in dispute with, yeah, and there's some flirting going on. I see. Yes, yes, yes. You with, what I'm with, like, with the judge, you mean? Yeah, with the judge. Yeah. And this is, of course, going to impact your finances and maybe some jail time or whatever. It's, yeah, yeah. Whatever it's going to mean for you. And so it's like, when you think about real life circumstances, these things really matter. Oh yeah. You know, when when you're pulled over by a police officer, what yes. kind of officer do you want to be talking to? Right. And if you're in a, if you're a police officer, what kind of person? Do right. you want to pull over, right, right? and try right. to have a, a try to do your job with, right? Um, and uh, what kind of person do you want to marry? Yes. What kind of people do you want to be around? You know, yes. like yes, um, these are really important for for the fabric of society, for us getting along, yes. for us having some sort of order, and uh, what otherwise will be chaotic when everyone has their 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 own identity and their own sense of what's right and wrong. Yeah. And yeah. it's all relative. Yeah. And no one's cultivating or working on character traits. Right. Right. Um, I just think this is a this is a lost art. We need to it, it we need it badly. Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. You made it to the end of this week's episode. Congratulations. You win a $10 gift card to Blockbuster. Yeah, they're out of biz. Uh, to claim that prize anyway, you can write us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 214-267-9287. Join us next time and we'll discuss Amanda Hurd's revenge poop. I don't even know what you, you just gotta said. you got to look at some news. Yeah, okay. And be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and join our Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. The Hopper Podcast is sponsored this week by the Wendy's down by the Warehouse District. It's under new management now. They just cleaned up where the raccoon had babies in the kitchen. Oh, they might have a Blockbuster still down there. Maybe. That $10 card might come in handy. It might. All right. So, yeah, I got to fill you in on something. Okay. So I've been watching like some TV Headlines, yeah. you know, uh, Facebook yeah. he- headlines, Apple phone headlines, yeah, looking okay. at stuff. And I keep seeing stuff about Johnny Depp. And I go to like YouTube and I'm watching some YouTube channel and th- there's all this stuff about Johnny Depp in court. Okay. I yeah. don't know what's going on. Yeah. Right. And clearly you don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. So finally I'm like, I got to figure out what's going on. Okay. So I start watching a video and it's, it's basically, he was married, I think, to this woman named Amanda Hurd. I don't okay. know who she is. Yeah celebrity or something his wife ex-wife whatever yeah they're in court why this is being put on television i don't know other than it is hilarious is it uh <laughs> so the story yeah. is that i heard uh-huh um was uh that they were they're asking all these questions about their personal lives okay. about his drug use and their parties and okay. the conflicts and the the physical abuse of between you know she's attacked him several times and, okay yeah you know they're he's, those are serious things sure yeah so um uh, I don't wh- see that what's funny yet. Yeah, uh, but okay. So he moves out. Okay. And uh, on his side of the bed, she takes multiple revenge poops. What? She she poops after her, he's moved out. After he's moved out. So this is in her house where she's staying in her bed. In her bed, but, but on, on his, his side. side. 
And uh, I was watching just a few minutes of this, and I thought, oh, this is what's going on. It is a ridiculous divorce, public celebrity divorce, and she's doing stuff like pooping in his bed. And, you know, someone said, here, you can't go to the house right now because of this, and shows him a picture of, you know, human feces all over his side of the bed. So What in the world? Yeah, yep. Yep, welcome to America, folks. If you're new here, <laughs> if you just moved here... You know, this is why I don't watch the news. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's it's vaguely interesting, but okay. I'm and I'm very glad you told me, and I'm done with that story now. Right, I'm done. Right, I don't need any more. Yeah, that was funny. That's why it wasn't a whole segment. Oh, man. That's why I just uh, you know I cracked a few jokes at the end. Oh, I hear you. No, I'm yeah. not. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying I can't. The, yeah. You're saying it's all over the news. Okay, yeah. I'm not I, I resisted. I'm done. I resisted for I'm a long done. time. I was like I don't know what's going on here. I don't really care. And then finally, like, oh, well, it, it's it's on so much. I should hear a little tidbit. Oh yeah. And I just happened to hear about revenge poop. Revenge poop. <laughs> Which is in her own bed. In her own bed on his side. It, yeah. I don't know, man. All but right. but you know what? What? I think revenge poop is a concept that we should discuss. Okay. Let's let's think about that. For should a we throw bit. that in the hopper? Not the that... poop. The idea of. <laughs> If we throw poop in the hopper, it's not going to go well. Yeah, I've um, I may have left you some revenge. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that I have. I'm just saying I'm I may have. Okay. So you know when I disappeared earlier. What you I mean just, when I least suspect it? Maybe. Somewhere in my house. I don't know. There's what I don't have to answer your questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a judge. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's uh, the sad truth of celebrity news in court. So, it's sad for those people. There's obviously disturbed, but then why in the world are people watching? I just don't. I, right. I'm not. I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. Well, I think a real topic okay. is just celebrity, the culture of oh celebrity. My gosh, that's something that that is actually really important. Yep. Let's throw that in the hopper yep. to talk about. Yeah, sounds good, man. All right. Till next time. Thanks.